Sports are a uniting event. The rush of the crowd and the excitement that comes from watching our favorite athletes leave it all out on the court or the field or the ice, there's just nothing like it. Now more than ever, sports stand as a reminder of just how beautiful each and every one of us are and if we work together, we can achieve something spectacular. Each week, your girl Lex here will be sharing a little logic as I examine the world of sports through my eyes. I'll show my passions in sport by talking about my own background and digging deeper into the world of analytics, leadership, stigmas, and so much more. This is Locker Room Logic with Lex. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Locker Room Logic with Lex. Um, Today, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about um, dream teams. So obviously, the NHL the NBA and the MLB um, are inside of or really close to their off seasons. And it's the time of year where teams begin to reevaluate their needs for the next season in order to improve and hopefully get themselves back to or towards a championship. Um, So with this in mind, I wanted to talk about a few teams. I wanted to talk about a few people in the past that make up that trademark dream team and what made that so special and kind of those characteristics of what um, sport professionals look for in a dream team. So obviously I can't start talking about dream teams if I didn't even mention the dream team of the 92 Olympics. Um, It was the 92 Olympic USA basketball team. It was obviously composed of amazing professionals like Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, just to name a few. And it is widely regarded as one of the greatest teams in history. Um, So what made them the greatest team? I mean, if you would think that you'd compose a team of your top athletes from your league, that you'd probably make the best team. But when you look at kind of the 2004 team that the U.S. sent to the Olympics, that is not the case. Um, this team in 2004 was actually made up of a few of like LeBron James, Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade, um, but they failed to capture the gold, marking the third time in history that an American team wouldn't do that. And then it's the first time since a team was comprised of professionals that they didn't capture the gold. So why was the team in 92 so special obviously it did have those greats um and so it's not likely that they're going to disappoint when it comes to performing on the court but obviously if you look at scoring averages the team shared the wealth it wasn't just their top scorers from the nba coming out and continuing to be their top scorers on during the olympics um i believe charles barkley was actually one of the leaders when Michael Jordan and Larry Bird were really the two that were the top scorers coming out of the NBA season. So um, that was one thing that really stuck out to me when when I was looking at this team kind of historically. It wasn't just one person kind of carrying the load. They really did share what everybody was doing on the court. Um, They didn't just rely on one person to kind of carry the team and take them to victory. It was really a team effort. Um, I think the other really interesting thing about this team is they didn't really let the team being seen as being unbeatable stop them from working hard and continuing to represent their country to the best of their abilities. Um, I think sometimes when you 
put together a team and if your preseason hype kind of comes out that, oh, they're going to be great, this is going to be your number one team in the league or your number one team in college, I mean, I think sometimes that can go to athletes' heads and say, oh, well, we're going to be great. We have great numbers. And sometimes you look at that and they end up flopping because they don't know how to carry the load of but we were supposed to be great and it kind of gets to their head. So I think that when you look at this team, they didn't let that get to their head. They still practiced just as hard. They still came together and worked just as hard um, without that. And they really took time to represent their country, which is what they were supposed to be doing within this time. So I think there's so many things that you can be said about the 92 dream team, um, but kind of talking through what else makes a dream team, um, I think that when it comes down to it, there's one thing um, that is hands down one of the things that I think you look for when you bring anyone to be part of your team. And I think that's the hope of every um, person that's coordinating a team for a season is you want to have your dream team. And obviously it's not going to succeed every time, but one of the major things that you're going to look for to help you succeed is leadership. Um, There's not going to be a leader in everybody, but I think that you want to look for leadership in different ways, um, exemplified in different ways in different people. So whether that be you have one person as your captain and you have three people as your assistant, whatever, You're going to have those people that you can rely on, but there's also going to be people that are going to step up that don't have that title that are just as much leaders within the locker room, um, in a game where wherever you need them to be, they're going to step up regardless of what title they have. Um, And that may mean um, stepping up in plays, stepping up and kind of sharing that wealth like I talked about a minute ago. Um, Being a leader is shown in so many different ways in sports, and it's not just that title. Um, I think sometimes people think that your captain is going to be your best player on your team when often your captain is just your best leader and knows how to share and help to kind of highlight everybody else's um, talents in order to continue to bolster the team to greatness. So I think leadership shows up in different ways and it shows up with regardless of talent. Um, talent and leadership, I think, are very separate. So obviously LeBron James is a great basketball player, but he's also a great leader. But there are other captains in history and other top leaders on your teams that aren't always going to be your top players. Um, so I think that's important to also look for in when building your team. Um, like I said, talent obviously is pretty important. You don't want someone that is the worst at what they do. They're inconsistent um, with scoring or with their position. They, I think talent is also something that you have to think about as being ever-evolving. I don't think that you want a player on your team that is going to be someone that wants to be stagnant. It's someone that you want to continue to want to grow in their, in their field. Um, whether that means growing as physically, growing in um, skills that they have. I think about hockey a lot. Um, One of the main positions that I think is ever-evolving as we continue to grow the sport and the sport changes is 
is the goalie position. It when you look at goalies from 50 years ago at the beginning of the league or I mean you look at goalie the position itself has completely evolved and there's so many different technologies now that help train us but the goalie position is still so unique because it's ever evolving and to be a goalie you have to be ever evolving into how the pads are changing I mean they slimmed down the pads a few years ago and so you have to be evolved to that and how does that help you change your game and how do you work into being who you are as a professional and how do you continue to change who you are to be the best that you can be so I think that's one position that I'm always fascinated by that um, talent is one thing and it's great that if you're drafted top of your class it's great if you have really great rankings coming into a draft or coming into signing your first contract but it doesn't end there. And I think that's where some athletes fall short of being professionals is, oh, well, I'm super talented, so I'm going to make it. Well, in reality, you have to continue to keep making it um, every day, showing up, working hard in your off season, working hard to be a better you, to learn more about the game, to learn more about your weaknesses and to accept that we all have weaknesses, especially when it comes to sports and working on, okay, how can I be better? And having that mentality, not the mentality of, well, I'm talented. I was talented in college. I was talented in juniors. I was talented in high school. I should be the best now as a professional. Well, you're playing against professionals that have been crafting their game for years. So you're obviously not going to walk on to the court or the field or the ice and be the best. You've got to work hard to continue to be better than you were yesterday. So I think that that is a really important part of talent is you need to continue to work on the ever-evolving stages of your talent. Your talent is not going to be as good as it was when you were younger, but you need to continue to work hard on your game um, so that you can continue to show up and be an asset to your team. Um, I think another aspect that makes a dream team is a reason to believe. There has to be a purpose behind um, who who you are as a team. I think about when I was with the Predators, I there was always, they have a one goal. And we talk about the one goal all the time. And it's written on our walls. It's written in like the email signatures. It is something that the Predators faithfully believe in. Um, and it's that they are backed by a Stanley Cup winning team. Um, and when I first started, I felt like it was a little strange that I would walk by this wall. There was one specific one outside of our office space that talked about the Stanley Cup winning team. And when I first was there, it was the year that we lost the Stanley Cup. So when you look at that wall, it's heartbreaking. Um, and I felt like it was a little silly. I was like, we, but we aren't a Stanley Cup winning team. We haven't won a Stanley Cup. So why would we put that on our wall? Um, and as I continued to kind of get ingrained in the team culture, I realized that it it fueled every day and everybody in that space, um, whether it be the people in ticket sales, whether it be the people that run the accounting department or the social media department or people that run booking our building. I mean, it was everybody is fueled by this one goal that 
they believe that we will be a Stanley Cup winning team. Hands down. End of the, end of the day, we're going to win a Stanley Cup. And that's the goal that fuels everyone in that space and not just the players. So I think that a dream team starts from the court, the ice. It, it starts in the locker room. But there also has to be a reason to believe with you, within your organization. Um, obviously, winning is great. But why? Why do you want to win? What do you want to win? Is it just enough that you're a Western Conference champion? Is it just enough that you're, you know, a regular season President's Trophy champion in regards to the NHL? Those are a couple awards that are able to be claimed throughout the year. Or do you want to be, end of the day, a Stanley Cup champion? So I think that there has to be a purpose behind what you're doing. There's not, there can't be um, just... Let's go win. Why? Are you doing it for a person? Um, I think about when the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup, um, Layla it was one of their – she's a child that has cancer, and she lives in St. Louis, and she's a huge fan. Um, she was their backbone throughout their entire Stanley Cup run, and you always saw her around. So she was their purpose. She continued to hype the team up and push them towards success. And obviously there are internal successes that everybody um, strives for. I think that there are different things that pushed each individual on that team, but there was this sense of team belief that we want to do it for Layla. And it was beautiful to be able to watch um, because she really did help support the team in every way that she could. And she was so excited. I mean, when they presented her with a ring, it was a beautiful moment. And she really was someone that they could look to to be supported um, and their purpose. So I think that's something that really is important when it comes to making a dream team. Um, we kind of talked about talent, but I want to talk about, um, personality. I think that, I believe I've touched on this a little bit, but I think that when it comes to athletes, sometimes we are quick to say, well, they're just an athlete. They just need to come on the court and they just need to play their game. They don't need to show their personality. But when reality, my philosophy comes from, I believe that personality makes a team greater. When a team is able to show who they are truly and feel comfortable within a space to be their full and authentic selves, then they're going to perform to the best of their abilities within the game that they're playing for you. Um, I think if your personality is kind of not able to come through and you're kind of squashed by your management um, for saying like, we don't want you to show all aspects of who you are, then you're not going to thrive in that environment and you're not going to be able to perform to the best of your abilities. So it kind of talent is one thing and you can be as talented as possible, but I don't think that if you are able to fully be yourself within a space, then the personality is not going to come through. I think you'd think about, um, you think about LeBron James and how big his personality is, but I don't think that he would be able to thrive like he does on a season-to-season basis if he weren't supported by the organizations 
that he's in. Obviously, he's taken a lot to get to the point in his career that he's in and the respect that he's gained. But I think even from the get-go, having that conversation of who do you want to be as a professional and how can we allow you to have that within this space is, is crucial for the talent to continue to evolve, for your player to continue to grow. It's really important. So, I mean, I think about there's so many other great players that needed to be who they needed to be. Um, I think another really important aspect that I haven't done a bunch of research on, and I don't want to speak for the community, but watching kind of how I talked about last week with um, allowing players to talk about mental health or allowing players to talk about um, those different aspects of um, social injustices that they feel are important for their identities. I think another identity that um, sometimes we don't talk about is gay rights and um, allowing players to, again, fully be who they need to be. I think that um, I think about players like Megan uh, Rampineau, who played for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team and won um, part of the was part of the World Cup team, and watching that team was so inspiring because of how well they worked together and how well they supported each other. So there's that aspect of they had a purpose, they had a belief, they have the talent and the leadership. But there's also this aspect of allowing them to be who they needed to be. Um, I think she is one that is outspoken about who she is. So um, with Sue Bird also being her partner, um, A, dream team in themselves. I think those are two incredible athletes that are at the top of their game. Um, And it's so cool to get to watch them support each other. But um, Suber did write an article for the Players' Tribune um, during the World Cup and kind of talked about supporting Megan and supporting um, her. And when she talked about, like, she wanted to dye her hair um, pink or purple, she did it. She didn't care. Um, And she was like, well, all right, I guess this is who you're going to be now. Um, That's really cool, and I'll support you. Um, So getting to kind of watch their relationship and them support each other throughout their careers, um, it's super cool to get to watch two super powerful um, female athletes um, be like they are and be completely who they are. So that personality is definitely something that has to be able to, to thrive within a space. So I think about if either one of them weren't able to be open about their relationship with each other, even in the sense of we are together, um, I don't know if they could thrive like they do. Um, you, There are thousands and thousands of articles about athletes um, talking about the times that they were closeted. Um, And it's so fascinating to hear, like, I wasn't at the top of my game because I wasn't myself. So I think allowing that space to be yourself in whatever shape or form that needs to take is crucial for the athletes to continue to grow and to continue to make that dream team that you want in your space. Um, I think another thing that is incredibly important um, is accountability. I think... That if you can't trust and rely on your teammates, then 
what cho- what chance do you have to be successful? Um, there, you have to be accountable to each other. If I pass you the ball and you're not paying any attention, that's a very minimal example. Hopefully by the time you're a professional that you're paying attention to where the ball is. But I think there has there's that accountability of like, you're going to be with me by my side and we're going to win, but I need you to support me. So I think that sharing is caring. I, I think you go back to kind of um, the dream team of the 92 Olympics and you think you look through, they held each other accountable. When you look at their scoring averages, I mean, they really did. They shared the wealth and they were accountable to each other. They didn't just rely on Michael Jordan and Larry Bird to show up and be their top scorers. They didn't just rely on one person. They relied on each other to hold each other accountable. And when one was failing, another one would hold that end up. And that's how they remain successful. So accountability is huge when it comes to winning. There is not a day that goes by that your team is not going to succeed if someone isn't. There are ups and downs for everybody's career. So if somebody's injured, somebody's got to step in. And somebody's got to step in well. Um, they can't just step in half-heartedly. So I think I think another, when I first started um, kind of getting into baseball, I think I've watched it my whole life, but when I truly started paying attention, I was watching the 2018 um, World Series. And I think I've talked about this with you guys in the past, but I love the playoffs and I really get into any kind of playoffs. I think it's really fascinating to watch your underdogs. I think it's really fascinating to watch who is going to be your team that succeeds year after year regardless. Um, So when I was watching the 2018 World Series, I was in Connecticut at the time. So Boston, there are a lot of Boston Red Sox fans in the area. Obviously, we're pretty adjacent to Boston. Um, So I got to watch that team and they had 108 regular season wins. So hands down, dream team in that I think that is ESPN has regarded them as maybe the best team in MLB history which is a huge accolade to kind of suggest for them but um I was watching and I guess I had never really paid attention before but watching the pitchers and I think that is another fascinating position of when you think about sports like basketball or you think about sports um like hockey I mean you're pretty much playing an entire game and obviously with hockey you take shifts but you're playing a lot um, considering what line you're on and um, with basketball I mean you're pretty much playing an entire game Um, there's going to be substitutions as well obviously but you're playing a lot but when it comes to pitching I think it's so fascinating you're relying on multiple pitchers. You're not going to have one guy that's going to pitch an entire game. There's also going to be other pitchers that step in that need to help when his arm gets tired. Um, You're not going to win a World Series with one good pitcher. you got to win a World Series with four, five, six maybe good pitchers that are able to step up and be just as good as the last guy, if not better. It's a team accountability. So I think that this is one team that really stood out um, as a dream team because they relied on so many different people. They didn't just rely on their top pitcher. And that's accountability. It's showing up 
and being able to show that the guy from yesterday is also going to show up today, but maybe someone else needs to help carry some of his weight today as well or her weight today. Um, so I think that dream teams are so fascinating and those are kind of the skills that I think about when I, um, look to put together, hopefully my dream team, um, down the road. I think that there are great dream teams in the past. I think, um, if you, even if you Google like dream teams of sports history, there are so many that come up. I mean, the 95 Dallas Cowboys with Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman, um, the 83, 84 Edmonton Oilers with Wayne Gretzky and Mark Messier. I mean, the Seattle storm in general, I think with Sue Bird and Brianna Stewart kind of helping to lead that charge it, there's so many dream teams, um, throughout history. And, but I think at the core, those aspects of leadership and talent purpose personality and accountability are kind of what people look for when they build a dream team um i think that they show up in different ways obviously for every different kind of team that i just mentioned but they're exemplified in each of those teams in some way so i think that Dream teams are really cool, and I think that we have a lot of really great athletes that are stepping up within the next few seasons that we get to watch kind of craft who they are, and I think it's so fun to get to watch every year who's going to be your dream team um, that does succeed and does win a championship. So those are just some of the things that I look for when I build my dream team. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation today. I really liked to talk about this with you. Um, If you ever have any suggestions for what you want to hear about on the podcast, um, feel free to drop those on my socials. Um, You can follow me on Instagram at Locker Room Logic with Lex and then on Twitter at Locker Room Lex. Um, All the greatest information about the podcast and my blog is available there. And if you um, are looking for a streaming platform, um, a different streaming platform for this podcast, then they're all listed in the link in my bio um, there. And you can also check out the blog. It's linked there as well. Um, Thanks guys for such a great conversation today and I will talk to you soon.